Big bang boom, big bada boom, big bang boom, boom. December 7th, Carter Elliott, Greg Waddell. Uh, hi, uh, <laughs> a lot going on, except not a lot of good basketball games going on. The next two days, uh, if you haven't looked at the games that will actually be played, there's like one game I'm interested in watching. It's kind of weird. Yeah, f- fellas, this is what we call, or honestly, I don't even want to put it in the fellas category because uh, I also want to shout out the ladies out there who like college basketball. This is an amazing two-day stretch for a nice movie, a nice date night, um, anything. I don't know, maybe hang some Christmas lights or something like that. Because come this weekend, come Saturday, we got to lock in. But these next two days, unless you're a complete sicko and need help and want to watch Mississippi Valley State, you can take these next two days to maybe do some other things in life, you know, outside of college basketball. Yeah, it's like when the coach says, yeah, I'm going to give my team the day off. Like, that's that's what we get today. Thursday is a day off if you cover this sport, if you love this sport. Friday is a prep day, and then Saturday we're back into it, uh, which should make for a fun podcast today. We have a couple topics that uh, we're going to lean on our Discord who prompted us to do. A couple Big Ten-oriented topics, and then I have one that I've just been sort of letting, I don't know. Chomping, chomping at the bit. Yeah, I've just been letting it fizzle. I would say that. It's been fizzling for me for a little bit. but It's fe- festering. Festering and fizzle. I can't go with a fizzle? No, because fizzle just like it goes out really quick. Fester means it just kind of it's prolonged. I was looking I'm, for, I'm, I was looking I'm for in fizzle. I'm bag right now. I just brought out festering and pro- prolonged. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> you, you're way too clear-headed. I don't like it right now. I took a melatonin last night and like it, it put me to bed. Oh, I guess that'll do it. Um, yeah, are you drinking a, a, you are, you, you are, you are, no, this is unacceptable. Is that a gas station coffee? No, 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 no. Nope. Whew. No, okay. this is a, this is a, my dad made me this coffee when I dropped my daughter off. Okay. Thank God. I, I thought it was like, I thought that was a Speedway coffee or like a Sunoco coffee. Yeah, I would never, but you are way too clear-headed for the fact that you're even, like, calling me out for visual things right now. <laughs> I'm not used to this. I got to be on my A game right now. I'm scared. Uh, hey, by the time you listen or watch this, we are going to have already done a room on Ble- – are you drinking tea? <laughs> what was that? No, it's coffee. Oh, it looked like tea. I thought I saw a tea bag. No, coffee. Okay, just checking. Uh, we, we will have already done a Bleacher Report room. This is Thursday, December 7th. We have a room at 11 a.m. this morning. We're recording this about an hour and a half before that. But uh, the reason I'm mentioning to you right now is in the hopes that you will join for our Friday room at noon. We've booked three rooms in the Bleacher Report app in December. Uh, we love the people over at BR. The last time that we were in the Bleacher Report app, we were told, feedback-wise, we crashed the app. So that's a credit to all of our sleepers, followers, and the community that support us. Uh, we would love to do that again because BR gives us some great opportunities that uh, we, quite frankly, don't get from other places right now. And even if we did, we would much prefer to keep doing things with Bleacher Report because we love them. They've been great to us. They had us do the marathon stream in the NCAA tournament last year. We're hoping to do something similar but even cooler, maybe on-site in person this year. So 
Uh, anyways, we're going to have more of these rooms. Like I said, two more upcoming in December. The first one being Friday at noon. Mark your calendars. Join us in the BR app. If you just go to the college basketball page, uh, you will see it pop up as a live stream that you can join. You can jump in the chat. We can answer your questions. And you can make fun of Carter and I live. It's basically the only place you can do that these days. Uh, for today, though, Cart, what's your YouTube comment of the day? Uh, before I do my YouTube comment of the day, I need to address a YouTube comment that happened about four days ago addressing uh, my background. Um, somebody said that I had the background of a man who lived with his mother uh, and podcast from his basement. Uh, I am podcasting from my basement. Um, and because of that, I thought I would throw a little bit of artwork behind me, um, except I couldn't find artwork. So I just used my old college jersey and propped it up on an easel behind me. So uh, I'm going to work on that just so you know, but I do not live with my mother. I, I own a house. Me and my wife live here. This is our house. This is my basement. And um, it's actually pretty nice down here. I think if I could actually flip the camera or give like a, I think I might do a basement tour eventually, like on our YouTube channel, you'd be able to see that it's a pretty nice establishment. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, but for the YouTube comment of the day, uh, Gregory, it's we're going to need some clarification and or a comment from you because the comments are going crazy about the instant regret on Greg's face when he said, take that kid's meat, he will destroy him. Would you like to comment on the take his meat comment? Yeah. It's, it's flooding our YouTube comments right now. And actually a little bit alarming that some people are like, yeah, he is going to take his meat. TSJ 30 ball coming. Well, I mean, first of all, voice of the Illini, I don't feel like I should be questioned whenever I say an Illini member is going to take someone's meat. Uh, now, in my defense, it was not the brightest moment. Like, I feel like we're watching film right now. That's what's happening, right? And uh, I I'm willing to stand up in the film room and say, yeah, I got to be better here. Like, I got to get a hard hedge here. I can't just come out and play drop. Like, that. that's on me. I dropped when I was supposed to hard hedge. Also... I had just said take his lunch about 20 seconds earlier, and I pride myself on being a man of versatility when it comes to vocabulary. So I didn't want to go double take his lunch. It would have felt too, I don't know, too pointed to go from take his lunch to take his dinner that quickly. So I was looking for a variation of that phrase. Uh, what happened was that a very distracted me somehow settled on the fly on take his meat. That is unacceptable. It won't happen again. But the reason I was distracted, Cart, do you, do you know why I might have been distracted in the middle of my awesome Terrence Shannon Dalton Connect monologue last night? Uh, because you might have been uh, in losing an absolute bet that you should not lose. More so, I was seeing your reaction. Because in between these recaps last night, Cart and I knew – we had both bet Nebraska. We were rooting Nebraska to come back against Minnesota. They had already melted down at this point. But Carter has cable, I believe, and I have streaming services. And so I'm like 45 seconds behind any play that happens. And we had established this off camera when Carter had reacted to a play. So <laughs> I'm like 
damn, man, I'm not used to you being 45 seconds ahead. Then I'm cooking, right? I'm mid monologue. I've already got the the wheels flowing in my head that are like, oh, this Terrence Shannon Dalton connecting. This is a clip. This is going to be something we can promote on socials. And as I'm feeling myself and I'm about 50% into it, I look through my Zoom and I see that Carter's paying no attention whatsoever to anything that I'm saying. Instead, he's leaning up in his chair like this watching the Nebraska Minnesota game and I could tell Nebraska like had a big play and then as soon as whatever happened happened he sulked back so disappointed and immediately after that go watch the tape go cut the tape immediately as Carter sulks that's when my heart drops I'm distracted and it leads me to say Taryn Shannon will take his meet Still unacceptable conduct. Um, it, it did go to review to our, we do have an HR department. It did go to review. Um, we decided it would to handle it behind the scenes. Um, no further punishment will be taken in this case. So uh, we'll be okay. Yeah. That's just the sleepers film room right there. That's all that it was. So um, we do, we do film work. Yeah. Can we, can we cut some film of you at some point? Like, why do I feel like I'm under the gun right now? I don't know. Really my film that. gets cut all the time. There should be a discord channel where it's just film cutting by me. If I stumble on one word or say anything out of line whatsoever, it'll be brought to the forefront. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm being held to unnecessarily harsh standards in a way that uh, like you've, you've never said someone was going to take someone's meat on this program. Ever. You've never said it off this program? No. Are we sure about that? I am positive. Like 100% positive? 100% positive. Is, is someone leaving us a voicemail? Uh, I, I was going to bring a guest live on the show who just called me, but th- this person won't answer the phone. So if I get the opportunity to, uh, we'll go right to it. That is what it is. I love I love bringing people live on the show whenever, <laughs> whenever we have a chance. Should we just call Kevin Sweeney again? <laughs> <laughs> just for no reason. Like once every two weeks, I think it should just be like today we call Kevin Sweeney and, and see what happens. Uh, all right. Th- th- I guess thanks for that. <laughs> Way to start us off with uh, a low light from me to the Discord. Bunch of good comments in the last 48 hours in the Discord. We uh, I tallied the numbers, by the way. You were wrong. We're, we're still 14 people away from really? 100. Yeah. So when we when we get 14 more people, we have a happy hour episode ready to go. We need 14 more paid members to do this. We have 48 hours until Carter and I are going to be together. I don't know how we get 14 people to join the discord in a paid capacity in the next 48 hours, but I need it to happen because if you and I could power hour together at midnight on Saturday night while we're sitting in my basement, I think that would be electric. Um, maybe people could even join. And then if they don't like it, just cancel. But my, my strong suspicion is you will end up liking it. But if we get 14 people to give us $10 in the next 48 hours, you'll have a power hour episode live. Uh Oh, what is that? That's a sleeper's flash sale for the next 48 hours. If we get to 90 paid subscribers, the power hour will happen. We have a flash sale going on. If we get to 90 subscribers, we will do the happy hour episode. That is only four more people. Make it happen. Send it to your friends. Have them join the Discord. $9.99 a month on your desktop. You want to be a part of the Sleepwalkers community. Do it now. Link in all the videos. Link in the bio. Link anywhere you see Sleepers Media. Join the Discord.
I did not agree to those terms, but I agree to those terms. <laughs> That's just Carr really wanting a power hour with me. So also knowing us, we're going to be at like a fancy dinner, I think, with our wives in the afternoon. I know there's going to be cocktails exchanged. So like coming home to a late night power hour after a full day of hanging out with you might be a little difficult. But uh, hey, we'll make it happen if four more people join the Sleepers Discord. Link in the description to do so. Starting us off with comments today, it's Jesse the Lost Baby Boiler. He is piggybacking off of Ryan the Lions question yesterday, which was outside of sleepers. How are you guys doing? Uh, Jesse says this. I could see how emotionally drained you guys were during recaps. Do you think it would be easier to cover this sport without an allegiance to a school? Or do you think if you covered the sport without a passion for a squad, it would be a waste of time? Fascinating question. What do you think, Hart? I think the passion for the squad it makes it make, enhances the uh, enhances the content in my eyes. I think passion enhances anything to be honest with you like at a certain point having being that invested yeah it might be a little bit too much but at the same time it means you care it means you um you actually feel what happens so is it difficult after a, a loss most definitely but at the same time i think that passion for the team carries over to college basketball in general yeah, I think you're 100% right. I'd now like to welcome on Andrew Robeson live on the Sleepers podcast. Hey. Roby, how are we doing this morning? Doing wonderful. What's going on, how my friend? Uh, just doing great. Just recording an episode. Carter's on the other end. You're on speakerphone. Ha- happy belated birthday, Robes. He says happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you, Carter. Roby, what's, uh, do you think passion is a good thing? I think yes. Say passion's good. Is there like a line though? Like, is there a limit? Like, too much passion sometimes can be bad. Um, I think it's the way it's demonstrated, mm. or how it's shown can be negative. Mm. What What are you passionate about? Uh, what am I passionate about? Yeah. I'd say I'm passionate about Michigan State Spartans. Hmm. This- um, does that cross a line sometimes, though? Like, you know, do you ever, like, wish that, you know, like A.J. Hogarth could take somebody's meat? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. I think it, you know, passion can make you blind to the truth. Mm. Um, I, I, for like that, I would say I still hold out hope that he's, he's going to have a very successful senior season. No, let it go, Roby. Roby, Roby, <laughs> let it go. He won't let it go. I have blinders on. Yeah, yeah. Carter's Carter's yelling, let it go. Uh, speaking of let it go, I'm going to let you go, Andrew Robeson. Thank you for a great yeah. appearance on the Sleepers podcast. I'll call you later this afternoon. Uh, I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, folks. That's just my longtime best friend, best man at my wedding, Andrew Robeson. Uh, former Sleepers podcast appearer. He used to, when we did the NCAA tournament predictions back in the old days, uh, Roby was brought on to be the coin flip decider. Whenever Carter and I didn't agree, it was let's throw to Roby and he gets to make the decision. Still fun episodes to go back and listen to, but uh, th- yeah, it's just a fun bit. I'm going to love, I'm going to take phone calls anytime someone calls me when we're recording from now on. I enjoy that. Um, and yeah, back to Jesse's question. I do think I. Uh, the hard part for, I think, with us, with what we're doing, the recaps is I don't think it's hard to do this when our teams lose. I think it's hard to do this and 
put all the rest of the work into other teams on a night like Tuesday night where there were like four recaps and two previews that we needed to get done. And it was 11 p.m. And we hadn't started any of them and we're both upset and emotionally drained. That's the hard part. If we could just do like Michigan, Michigan State, honestly, I think that's some of our best content is when it's raw. It's when it's honest and we're upset. We're talking through it. Um, But I don't know. There's probably a line. Some people probably get very frustrated when our analysis is more emotional driven and some people probably enjoy it. So, yeah. Luckily for you, the internet's a place where you can find all different types of emotional, non-emotional analysis and things like that. I think it adds to our, our, it adds to us. It is us. There is no sleepers without, without passion. Yeah. We're emotional wrecks. That is who we are. Uh, That's not going to go anywhere. So Coy, uh, he has one we're going to use as an entire segment today. He said, all American or nah, this is an attempt to illustrate how many guys are having high level seasons. We're literally going to use Coy's list. He put a bunch of players on a list. We're going to save that for a segment in just a little bit. I'm very excited about it. Ethan says, if you could choose one rap album to describe the way Michigan State has played this season, which would you choose? Uh, Probably like a Slipknot album. <laughs> Do you know any Slipknot albums? No, nah, the one that's like feels like you're banging your head against the wall. It's got a hint, hint of racism to it. That one. Mm, got it. Okay. Um, I, I have one that I feel pretty good about here. Um, I think this Michigan state season is Donda. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's Donda because I think this is a product of someone who once couldn't miss on a year to year basis and has now put out four consecutive stinkers and uh, the only people defending and acting like this is a classic or is something great are the people that are just going to say everything this program does is great. Not mad at that. I did like want to shout out Ethan's uh, example of the what is it? The Chance album? Coloring book? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you uh I mean notoriously anti-chance. I don't know if anybody knows that or not, but I'm not I'm anti-chance the rapper, love chance the person. Fire up the mic. Kind of goes. Can we at least admit ultralight beams versus special? But like he doesn't have the best verse on that. That's a lie. I mean he has an ultralight beam. It, I mean, it's a good verse, but like the best line is, "This is my part, nobody else speak." This is my part, nobody else speak. Like no, that's, that's that the this little light of mine is the worst line of his verse, to be honest. The entire part before that, where he catches the rhythm, is when it's cooking. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge Chance defender anymore. Acid rap was dope, and uh, I actually did like Coloring Book though. But after everything after Coloring Book, I think it's been disaster. Can Michigan State be honestly never mind by Drake? I don't think so. What's the play there? Like, been great in the past, been good, and like just drop an absolute stinker. Yeah, I think it's more. I think the Kanye analogy is better if you're going with the, like been great. Now they're this. You 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 want to make it known that it's four straight stinkers. Oh, I that's yeah. Like it's yeah. There, there's there's not an element of surprise to this if we're being honest about who they are now. You know, I guess I, I suppose. Yeah, this is what it is. Uh, OK, 
Uh, Eric T says, not sure if you've already covered this on a previous recent pod, but why is Maryland so bad? Oh, I mean, there's a there's a couple reasons why Maryland's bad. It starts at the top. Uh, Mr. Sir Willard, uh, the dialogue has already begun. I have notes on my iPhone app, and I will be releasing that in a full short novel form very soon here. But I have very, very, very serious questions about that Maryland program and what they do during the summer. I would love it if you wrote a book, by the way. Like I would I would 100% read a Carter Elliott novel. That would be great. I will be releasing one day a children's book. Interesting. And I think it's going to slap. I wrote a children's book last week. Let's let's keep that on the low because we're actually going to publish that. Yeah, no, I I have a whole conversation to have with you. Like it's a new revenue stream. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas here. Uh, Maryland is bad because Deshaun Harris Smith is a non-factor. That's my answer. Uh, Guy says I support a bad basketball team. Yeah, Nebraska was embarrassing last night, Guy. It's a bad look for you and us. But also at the same time, I'm not going to feel bad about it because we tried to tell you. I also think a part of this is that Minnesota is a lot better than people are willing to give them credit for. I, I do want to say shout out to the Minnesota fans, um, the, the three that always engage with sleepers. The minute that clock hit zero, the DMs were full with the – update question mark and i (laughs) and i respect that so much yeah i do respect it too i'm i'm big fans of these fans right now i know they're not big fans of us but it's good uh malik perry wants to come uh a little feisty guy here he says your third member was talking a lot of trash now he's backtracking so hard guy how you like your minnesota l well malik guy is not here to defend himself but he does not like his minnesota l and i appreciate you holding him accountable malik that's very kind Melba says a few weeks ago, someone asked if Big Ten basketball was split into divisions like football, which division would be better? I think you narrowly picked the East. I don't really recall. I thought it was a fun idea, so I decided to track it this season. Now that everyone has played at least one game in conference, here is where we currently stand. See the graphic below. Regardless of current results, it feels like things should now lean toward the West. This is incredible from Melba. Um, So, yeah, if you see the numbers here. Uh, we have the West at two and one to start the season of when she uh, put this put this out for us. Um, the, or, or sorry, two and one cross division. East mm-hmm. is one and two cross division. West is five and four overall. East is four and five overall. Um, it feels like Northwestern is the big swing there a little bit to me. Although Purdue took the L, but like Northwestern and Wisconsin being better than we thought seems like that could be what shakes out for the West. Yeah, I, I think that's I think it is. But also, like, for the East, thank God. I can't believe it. Thank God for Indiana in the East. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, crazy. We didn't, have, we didn't have the Hoosiers. This would be a, a, a dog race. Yeah, Michigan and Michigan walk. State. If Michigan Michigan State don't turn it around, it's going to be a runaway for the West. Crazy. Melba, thank you for doing that. That's a very cool idea. I hope you keep doing that because that would be really fun to keep up with throughout the season. Um Jesse wants to know, are people that love sports as much as we do, whether we gamble or not on them, or if our knees have both been completely replaced, so the only competition we find is in fantasy leagues or at a poker table, do we all qualify as degenerates? That question's way too specific. I need to know if he has both his knees. Basically, are you a degenerate even if you don't gamble? If you're just a sports addict, does that count as a degenerate? I think so, yeah. 
I don't think so. I think degenerate is tied to like irresponsible gambling habits. No, I think degenerate can be tied to anything. Like uh, the first three years after college for me, I was a degenerate eater and I ballooned. <laughs> so like that, that's a thing. I guess that's true. Um, I didn't, I feel like I wasn't a big part of your life the three years after college. Like I, you always act like there was like an overweight cart era. I feel like I never experienced it. You missed it. It was bad. Mm. Huh? I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy that it happened. We'll see. Uh, Scrolling down. Is there anything else here? Um, Skipping things that people didn't like tag us in to actually ask us on. Malik says, Greg, what's the sound the rim makes when you bet on Nebraska? It's the same sound that Malik makes in the discord when he tries to convince us that Michigan State basketball players are good. Clank. And Booby wraps us up with his comment today. If you had the option, would you take the trade? It is AJ Hogard or Javon Quinterly. I know your answer to this. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. Are you like, like no hesitation whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Who's the worst player you would trade AJ Hogard for? Like just any player, like PGs or what are we, what are we talking here? Any player who is the worst player in college basketball this season that you would trade AJ Hogard for? Hmm. Damn. Wish I had my Sean Paul knowledge right now. Someone on right state or something. Um. Like, are I you tra- trading? Are Are you trading AJ Hogard for Jack Golke from Oakland? Yes. Are you trading? AJ Hogarth for Rocket Watts from Oakland. No. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see. I thought that'd be an interesting one. Man, I, 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 I actually, I consider, but no. AJ for Pierre Brooks. No. That one's interesting to me because Pierre's been better than AJ this year. He has been. Found his level. And playing a position of need for you. True. Like, I would trade AJ for... Peyton Sparks. <laughs> okay, that's that's bad, man. That's so bad. Will Will Cheddar? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Imagine in the summer saying you would trade AJ Hogarth for Will Cheddar on December seventh. We're here. We. I would have loved if we could like try and uh, dissect what happened to get there. Like, if I had known you would say that, I would think it's. It's Shatter might be really good <laughs> instead of the opposite. Shatter's solid. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, we need to. We need. We could use that. All right. Fascinating. Uh, by the way, Booby, I'm just saying this to you because I I know I haven't responded to your DMs. Booby sent me like a big bracketology post. Uh, I think it was yesterday. He put a lot of time into this graphic. It's awesome. Um. Booby, I don't know what to do with your bracketology posts. We have to figure this out because I think if if we put a graphic out from the, a sleepers account that says Booby's bracketology, there's going to be a lot of questions coming at us. There's going to be so, a lot. Also, isn't it too early to put out bracketology things, or do or is like Lenardi already in his bag? Lenardi's in his bag in June. So apparently if you're Joe Lenardi, it's not too early. Some people wait a little bit. I am perfectly fine with the concept of bracketology, and I am interested in uh, Booby's assistance with a lot of things. And more so, if Booby wants to post stuff, 
on his own, he should absolutely do it. I just, I, I almost feel bad. I should have responded to you last night, but I was busy with some other stuff. And uh, I just don't know what to do because I, like we've made guy a character in the world a little bit. I'm very willing to do that with booby as well. But if we just like release a graphic one day that says boobies bracketology, I think we're going to get some serious questions. So 100%. we need to work through it a little bit, but I love how the graphics look booby. And I appreciate you sending me like pl- those player of the day team of the day we've done some player of the day stuff from sleepers throughout the last couple of weeks those are graphics from booby boobies booby edits is going crazy right now so is everything all right over there what are you what are you doing i i just realized like the whole this thing like on an easel it's a little bit morbid a little bit like i feel like this is what someone would do at like my funeral they would put up my jersey on an easel yeah like you it. you just realized that <laughs> to, to the you point realize of- that off rip yeah, but also like like what about this moment in this podcast made you turn around and realize that it looks morbid? I don't know. I'm a little slow. <laughs> You're very perceptive of your surroundings today, man. I don't know. Okay. Uh wanna get to the topics? Are you are you in a good headspace or are you I don't know if I should take melatonin anymore. Do you need a minute? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. Okay. You wanna start with Big Ten coach tears? I would love to start. Don't you don't ever have to ask me to start with tears. You don't like tears. That's what you said before we clicked record. You wanted rankings, and I said no. We're going to do tears because tears is more fun. Uh, so here we are. This uh, this was a comment on one of our YouTube videos earlier this week. Somebody said you guys need to do Big Ten coach tears, and it had like seven likes. So here you are. I like it. Uh, let's go through all the Big Ten coaches that you want to name. You don't have to do all fourteen. Uh, you'll probably forget a couple programs, to be honest, including probably my program. What are your Big Ten head coach tiers? Yeah, I was gonna say like, our, who who is who are we putting for Michigan? Are we just putting staff or like what? Let's let's do Juwan, but let's let's envision a fully healthy Juwan, knowing that like his health is something he probably can't live up to, you know? Okay. All right. So in uh, in tier one, I'm going to put Matt Painter, Brad Underwood, and Tom Izzo. Mm. I'm still going to put – Name the tier, please. Coaches that could win a national championship. Okay. Depending on how you named that tier, I was going to give you a lot of shit. Coaches that I want to coach my team if I'm in a national championship game. Those are the three I'm picking from. I like that answer. I like that tier. I actually endorse that tier. Okay. The next one. Good basketball coaches. Just good coaches. I'm going to go Greg Gard. Because I think Greg Gard actually deserves a little bit more credit. I shouldn't put him as low as I actually do. He's been good. I'm going to put Mike Woodson in there. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. You're giving Woodson credit now? I think Woodson's done a great job of getting talent to Indiana so far. Okay. Could he he do it in a different way? Could he make it fit a little bit more? Yeah, he could. But he's got Khalil Ware playing like a top 15 draft pick after being non-existent and only good against folding chairs over the summer. Yeah. He's bringing in guys like Liam McNeely. He might be in the lead for Derek McQueen. Derek Queen's not McQueen. Derek Queen. Uh, there's something there. I'm giving him credit for that. Yeah. And, and then I got Holtman in that category as well. 
Okay. Uh, the next category is good coaches, but they let you down. In this category, I got Fran McCaffrey, I got Steve Peichel, and I got Juwan. Okay. Interesting, interesting group to lump together there. It's very interesting, but you knew this was going to happen when you put me put me in a tier situation. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not here to push back super hard on it, given where we are, but I will just note one of those guys has made a Sweet 16 and an Elite 8 and won the Big Ten outright in four years of coaching, and the other two have been here for a decade plus and haven't done any of that. That's very true. That is a good point. I feel like I should have noted that. But you can note that in your tiers. <laughs> um in a in the non-ranking category of this, I'm going to have um Mike Rhodes just because I don't think I can put him in a tier yet. So he's just gonna be an outlier, not ranked, not tiered, uh, to be determined. Um this category I have there's nothing they can do about it. They actually might be a good coach. In this category, we're gonna have Ben Johnson and Actually, now that I think about it, Ben Johnson is going to sit alone in that category. Okay. But ben Johnson might be a good coach, but I don't know if there's anything he can do. Okay. What does that mean? Just the Minnesota resources? It's just Minnesota. Okay. If, I- if, if in five years I told you that Minnesota was like on the verge of being a tournament team, would you be surprised? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Like we've seen like Richard Patino got him there. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Trevor uh, Mbakwe was good, man. Mbakwe, that was like in 2008. Yeah, I miss those days. I do. Something well, about the barn. Rod- Rodney Williams. One day you and I will go to the barn. We will. And I will move in the barn. <laughs> and then the last category is these coaches stink. Um, Kevin Willard. And um, Fred Hoiberg. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess I don't hate that. Can you give uh, me credit? I don't think I missed any coaches. No, I don't think you did either. I'm trying to see. You said, yeah, yeah, I'm going through all the names. You did lump a lot of them together and just say, like, incomplete. But, yeah, you got everybody. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I also can't wait until next year when we get to add uh, Dana Altman into this. Like <laughs> Cronin, I feel like it's going to be kind of fun to discuss. I also think Mick Cronin might just run through this league for like a decade when he gets here. People are going to hate when we add those teams. I'm not moving Andy Enfield from the top ever. <laughs> I don't care what he does. All right, here's my tears. Uh, I think honestly pretty similar to yours with one loud uh disruption at the top i want to say this i'm uh, there's two different tiers at the top for me and i would be okay with either one coming first this is like tier 1b and 1b there is no 1a it's two separate tiers they're split out but i don't care which one comes first my first tier is great coaches great coaches in their prime Matt Painter and Brad Underwood. My second tier is Hall of Fame coach. That's Tom Izzo. 
Uh, I the reason I'm splitting this up, and I think they belong in different tiers, is that I think there are very real fair concerns that Tom Izzo is not going to get back in the portal era. I just I just think it is what it is. Brad is going to be competitive in this era. Painter is going to be competitive in this era. Tom Izzo, we don't know. If if this year's team is not competitive, I don't know what we're supposed to say. Um, because next, like, oh, all this talent back next year, Mati Sissoko starting at center with your first fifth year next year again. Like, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do. He's still a great coach. If, with your hypothetical, get to a national title game, who do I want coaching? Izzo is in arguably more than Painter and Underwood. Like if I could do just coach my team for an elimination game, I'll take Izzo over anybody else in the conference. But that's not like you got to build a roster to get there. And that's why I have Brad and Painter in their own separate split. Uh, whichever way you prioritize it is fine by me. Those are the top two tiers for me. Last question. Who's the best roster builder currently in the Big Ten? Painter. Painter? Yeah, Painter. Because Painter, like... I'd argue it's Underwood. No, no. Underwood will have years where he builds the best roster, and then he will have years where he builds a terrible roster. Yeah, I was just really looking. I was focusing on right now on this one. Yeah, under Underwood's too volatile with his approach. Obviously, when it hits, it's the best. But um, I think, yeah, I like, like, Paint. Paint brings guys in that are talented and then he keeps those guys. Like he hasn't had a one and done in his entire career. And he's had really talented players come in and impact games as freshmen. He's always going to have a seven footer. Who's elite. He's figuring out how to contribute in the portal and plug the gaps. Like he Purdue's always going to have a competitive roster. They have every single season. So that's it. Um, all right. Tier. This is where it gets interesting for me. Tier three is. Coaches, I believe, can win the Big Ten. And in general, I have faith in on a year-to-year basis. Fran McCaffrey, Chris Holtman. Didn't know if Fran was going to make this one for you. Yes. So I give Fran a lot of credit because while I say that Iowa is a sleeping giant, the reality is that, like, Iowa basketball probably shouldn't win anything ever. Mm -hmm. And I think Fran has given them way more success in the last decade, just in a conference level than I would ever expect Iowa to have. So obviously the March stuff stinks. The March stuff applies to both these guys right now. Like Chris Holtman had a really bad little stretch in March. Um, But I think any given year, those guys put like high quality basketball teams on the floor. They get NBA players in their system. They feature them. They have all conference guys. Holtman's team looks really good this season right now. I know a lot of people saw that coming, but I just, I trust that those guys are good coaches. Even when they have like little blips on the radar, those are guys that can finish top four in the big 10 on a consistent basis. Uh, Next tier. Guys, I think are good coaches that have limited ceilings and do it ugly. Greg Gard, Mike Woodson, Steve Peichel. That's a great tier. Great name, all fitting. Love that. Like, good basketball coaches, objectively. Would I ever really be excited if they were my coach? Probably not. 
And now Pykele might change this because Pykele has two of the top three recruits in the country next year. So maybe Pykele will redefine his ceiling entirely. Um, but for now, like ugly basketball teams, guys that win games that aren't going to win a national championship. Okay. You'll notice I'm now uh, eight coaches in and haven't named a coach who has made an elite eight and a sweet 16 and won the big 10 outright in five years. Just want to make that known. Uh, the next tier for me is guys. I think guys, I think can be good coaches and have been good coaches, but I would never want touching my basketball program. Jawan Howard and Kevin Willard, the, the coach of your current program guys, guys that I think have been good coaches that I, I would personally never, ever want leading my program. Jawan Howard and Kevin Willard. Um, solid tier is what it is. Uh, that leaves us to the bottom four. I guess I'm kind of doing the same thing as you. Uh, my second to last tier is guys. Yeah. Guys that can, guys that can have a year every 10 years. Chris Collins, Ben Johnson, Mike Rhodes. I forgot Chris Collins in my rankings. Chris, Chris Collins, Ben Johnson, Mike Rhodes, or have a year every 10 years guys. Mm-hmm. And then my bottom tier is uh, disaster. That's Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg might be the biggest finesser of all finessers. You know, he's, you know he's making like three mil. Yeah, he's he's making three mil to be handsome and show up to Lincoln, though. Like they're yeah. getting what they want from Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> it's worth every penny. I they had Tim Miles, man. Tim Miles had him finish fourth in the Big Ten one year, and they said get out. Like we met, Tim, we met Tim Miles too, by the way. Great guy, the nicest guy. He's incredible. So, all right, that was a fun segment. I enjoyed that. Do you feel good, good about our tiers collective? Good, good job. I really like yours. Who do you think won? Whose tiers are better, yours or mine? Honestly, I think you won. I kind of like how you did the top better than I did the top, though. Like I, I kind of like that you lumped the three together. Yeah, I think I, we could combine our two. I think it'd be perfect, but I think I lean towards yours. Who do you think is the closest coach outside of Painter Underwood Izzo to being in that tier? Ooh. I think that gap is extremely large. Me too. But if, like, you, you're pressed to say names. I feel like you had guard the closest according to your tiers, but who who would be the one to break through if there was one? Ooh. See, this is where I I throw my tears aside on this because I think the highest upside guy is Jawan. I was going to say Jawan or honestly Woodson. Okay. I don't hate Woodson. Yeah. Like if Woodson could mesh the talent he gets with the actual fit, could be extremely dangerous. Or Holtman or Peichel. I wouldn't hate yeah. those answers. Yeah. Peichel like with the recruits coming. Holtman, what if he just gets over the hump? Yeah, but I think my my gut answer is that like the highest ceiling guy is still Juwan out of everybody, even though I have him way further down. But he's the only one that's done anything like that. So yeah. I don't know. It's a gross. To summarize, the early two thousands was the golden era of Big Ten coaches. Like yeah. early, late two thousands when Beeline got going, and you had yeah you had Bo, um, Crean had great years. Thad Motto was incredible. Like, Izzo, like it, it, there was a, just great Hall of Fame coaches everywhere. And now 
were out here standing for Greg Gard. Yeah, who was that like was would that would that fall under like early Turgeon years? Yeah, there was a year I think where Turgeon overlapped with those guys and he had Maryland top five in the country. Like yeah. Maryland fan Maryland fans need to take a deep look into their in their mirror. <laughs> no comment. We'll let that go. We'll let that go. Uh Tim Miles was also around for some of these years. Good good coaches in this conference. It's it good coaches. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next topic today, we're going to go back to Coy's comment in the discord and we're going to play a game of, is he an all American? So Coy gave us a list. There are 14 players. So we'll go kind of quick on this, but just, is this an all American? Yes or no. Interpret this however you want. First team, second team, whatever. Is this player going to end up an all American? Yes or no. Starting with Zach Eady. Yes. Dalton Connect. No. Whoa. Talk me through Connect. I can name, I think, two wings that will get in over him right now. Are you, so are you going first team All-American? I'm going like first team with like maybe three players like off the bench. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're making up your own criteria of eight well, players. Because I feel like if we do like first team, second team, we could say yes to damn near everybody. I mean, we'd have to cut four. I'm cutting connect. You're cutting six of. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you can cut a guy that just went for 39 at North Carolina or whatever he did. Come on, that wasn't his fault. Was it not his fault? fault? I I think Dalton Connect is absolutely an All American. Absolutely. Tyson Walker. No. Why? Uh, a combination of I don't think he has the stats for it and team success isn't there. I think Tyson Walker will be an All-American. The team will get better. The shooting numbers will only go up. I think he could average like 22 a game by the end of the season, and he's a no-brainer All-American. Uh, Terrence Shannon. Yes. Yeah, we don't need to spend more time on Terrence. We both think he's great. Uh, so you now have two players you think are All-Americans. I have four thus far. Jadon Ledee. I don't know if it's Jaden or Jadon. Yes. <laughs> that that one hurt you? It's like the stats are nasty. I'm just not a believer in the Aztecs. This is my first no. Uh, I, I thought love, I thought I love, I love that you said no. I thought San Diego State's uh, loss to Grand Canyon was a little scary for them. I think uh, they are not as good as I thought they were, and I think Ledee's numbers are about to take a rather large drop off. I think it was an out-of-body experience for the first month. You think his numbers are about to drop? <laughs> nice. Uh, Kyle Filipowski. Yes. Shocked by that. Elaborate. I think that Duke's going to get it together somewhat. And he's going to have the best stats of any Duke player. I actually think his numbers might go up a little more with Tyrese Proctor out, too. Oh, are we doing the Ewing theory with Tyrese? Duke's going to get better with Proctor out? I actually wouldn't be surprised if they did. Okay. I What are Flip's numbers right now? Do we have those ready? I can pull those up. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know Flip's numbers right now. My My gut instinct to this was no for Flip. But I can acknowledge he's incredibly good and has stupid numbers. 
He's averaging 19 and 8. Okay, I'm. I guess I'm doing this beyond just first team All Americans. Two, two, two blocks a game, too. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing this beyond just first team All Americans. Flip is an All American to me, uh, and a lot of that is the Duke bump as well. Nobody who averages that on Duke is going to avoid an All American team. Boogie Ellis. Uh no. Yeah, that's a no for me too. Why is it a no for you? Uh, I don't think Boogie's. Stats are warranted enough given his team success. I think USC's been a disaster this year. I wouldn't say disaster, but I do think they need to start winning. I held them in higher regards, and I think they've been a little bit of a disaster. Okay. I also think Collier, like Collier's presence, even though Collier hasn't been at his best, is going to hurt Boogie. Like, no matter what Boogie's numbers are, people are going to think Collier's equally good, you know? We also got to address the fact that Collier is. Uh, he's yeah, he's good, but boy, I was watching some film that that Gaboni dropped. That man is uh, I ain't gonna use the other L word, but I'll use lethargic. Let's say, ah, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't picked up a ton on that to be honest, but he's low key lazy. Collier could do anything though, and I would support it. So that's probably <laughs> just me being a little biased. Uh, R.J. Davis. Can I get a quick second to just I, – I need to know what R.J. Davis's numbers are because my original answer is no, but if his stats are something crazy, then I think it needs to be acknowledged. This is a really good list from Coy because I'm glad he didn't include Armando Baycott. He didn't include Tyrese Proctor. Like he's he's narrowing in on guys that we would have to think about. Okay, so do you did you have Tyson as an All American? I did. I think if you have Tyson as an All American, you need to have RJ as an All American. What are RJ's numbers? RJ is averaging 21, 3, 3 and 3, 44 from the field, and 37 from three, 95 from the line. So I, I think RJ ends up being a no. Um, here's why. Tyson Walker is going to get all the credit when Michigan State turns around because he's he's pretty much the only good player on that team. You said when? Yeah, when. It's going to happen. R.J. Davis is not going to get all the credit for Carolina. People want to give Baycott the credit, and people think Harrison Ingram is the best player on that team. So yeah. I think uh, R.J.'s numbers take a little bit of a dip. He ends up under 20 points a game, and even if Carolina is really good, they don't know who to reward as the best player on that team. Boo Booey. Yes. Wow. I love you for that. I think it's a no, sadly. And it's not Boo's fault. He might be the best guard on this list, but he's, he's I'm, not. I'm very interested that Tyson made it over some of these other guards that we're listing out right now. Is that just projecting, like you said? Like you think they turn it around and his numbers go up? You want my truth? I think, I think if Tyson Walker's averaging 20 points a game and he can't make an open three. What okay. what does Tyson look like when he starts making threes? Like it's yeah. it's not going to happen all season long. But like that's my whole thing earlier this week was just I don't want to give Tyson credit before he does it. Once he does it, then yeah, he's he's a no brainer All American. He just needs to do it, and I'm betting that he will. Uh, okay, Hunter Dickinson. Yes. Yeah, it's a yes. Kevin McCuller. 
Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Both guys, but arguably both first team All Americans for me. I think they're going to have stupid numbers that end up looking really good. With that power comes great responsibility, Jayhawk Nation. Don't don't lose first weekend. I'll be there. I wonder who the, who's the last team to have two first team All Americans. Also, you won't be there. <laughs> you're you're going to be in the building for Kansas's first game. Oh no, I'm not saying I'm going to be there. I'm I'm not saying I'm going to be physically there, but just know I'm I'm going to be there. Okay, all right. Who's the last team that had two first team All Americans on it? Probably had to be like that Duke team. Can we get sleeper stats and info department? Yeah. To, to Why do I feel like it's Zion and RJ Barrett? It might be. Yeah, it probably is. Great team. That's the one that comes to mind. Great team. And this team, instead of Cam Reddish, they have Johnny Furphy. That should be fun. Uh, Tyler Kolick. Yes. That's a yes. Trey Alexander. No. What? Come on. No. I'm a yes for Trey. I think he's going to get over. I think it's 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 going to be a leveling out of who does what on that team. Like they still got Shireman. They don't even like give it to Colk anymore because they just shoot so many threes now. Yeah. But I think it's going to even out a little bit. Okay. I'm sticking with Trey. I think he's going to he's going to lead the Big East in scoring in my opinion. That'll get it done. And Tristan Newton. Yes. Yeah, it's a yes as well. All right. So going back through the list, I had Edie, Connect, Walker, Shannon, Flip, Dickinson, McCuller, Kolick, Alexander, Newton. That's my first and second team All-Americans right there. And if I need to, I can tell you who's first and who's second. You go back through the list. Who, who was yours? You had you had Edie. You had Shannon. You had – did you have Ladee? I did have Ladee. Edie, Shannon, Ladee, Flip, R.J. Davis, Boo Booey, Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McCuller, Tyler Cullick, Tristan Newton. So we both had 10. This worked out nicely. Look at that. Who's your first team? My first team is Tyler Cullick, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Edie, Terrence Shannon, Kevin McCuller. Okay, mine is Edie, Dickinson, McCuller, Kolick, Tristan Newton. You're you you are leaving Terrence Shannon off first team. I think Tristan Newton's going to get the the natty bump, the UConn bump. Okay. Terrence, Terrence Shannon will have first team numbers. He'll finish on the second team. Okay. Understandable. Really fun segment. Thanks, Coy, for that. All right. Third segment today. Uh, this is just a great embodiment of what Sleepers has become. You know, we have like a really thoughtful segment like that. We start with like a whole tier segment that the comments gives us. So many people contributing to the show. And then we're left to choose a third topic on our own. And uh, what we land on is this. Why do all the Big Ten freshmen suck? I, this has been festering, to use a word from Cart, about 45 minutes ago. For me, for two weeks now, I wanted to give it time. I didn't want to jump the gun and do this too early. We're a month into the season now, and we've seen everybody. And uh, I, coming into the year, this this class got a bunch of praise. There was a bunch of guys named on watch lists. There was a bunch of one-and-done talk. There was a bunch of speculation that all these teams would take step forwards, relying on superstar freshmen to get it done. And uh, I'll just run through the names and how bad this has been. Deshaun Harris-Smith, horrible. Scotty Middleton, non-existent. Mackenzie Mbako has been better in the last week and a half for sure, but he was really, really rough to start the season. Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker, pretty much nothing. Um, who am I missing? 
Fears? Fears has been better lately, but still not a huge impact guy. We kind of knew that. Miles Colvin, where are you? Barely in the rotation. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, he played two minutes the other night. Like, I, guys just either aren't playing, or if they are playing, they're not doing anything to the point that Owen Freeman and John Blackwell are the runaway favorites for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. And you can even throw Cam Christie in there. Uh, Cardio Cups, don't let me forget you, by the way. A lot of people told me you were special. You've got like two points in a month. Uh, But great defender. Really, really great defender. Then my team, we can love George Washington the third in here too. Nobody expected much from him. But the problem is all these highly touted guys are playing like they're George Washington the third. I don't like that. Why are all these freshmen so bad? Well, I think you can attribute it to a couple of things. One, I don't think this class was as highly regarded in general, just like the whole class of high school, at least like among people I, I know and speak to who follow this closer with a closer eye than me. Th- there was not much exciting about this class. The number one player kind of flipped back and forth. Everyone's mostly looking forward to the next couple classes that are coming up, you know, the Cooper flags, Coa Pete, like those classes. So this class wasn't held in that high regard. And also, not to make excuses for these this freshman class, but this might be one of the last freshman class or this next one coming up that I have to deal with playing against 24-year-olds and 23-year-olds on a nightly basis. Like, I, I feel like that does play a factor somewhat. Um, one, it's hard for a freshman to come in and succeed. I know that a lot of freshmen do do it, but it's not an easy feat whatsoever. Uh, usually freshmen got to have a certain amount of shit to them or different to their game and or be a difference maker. It's extremely hard to do so in an era where you're playing damn near 22 year olds on a nightly basis. And it's hard for those guys to come in through, you know, grassroots and high school ball and things like that. But like, if you think about it across the country, the best freshman in the country now is Reed Shepard. Like Reed Shepard has been great. Don't get me wrong. Reed Shepard was like the number 30 player in the country, 35th, something like that. High four star. Like, McDonald's All-American, don't get me wrong, really good player. But in a really good year with really good freshmen, are we really being like Reed Shepard is the best freshman in college basketball right now? Because he is probably, right? Yeah, I think he is. Um... And don't and don't let and don't let it get misconstrued here. I love Reed Shepard. I think Reed Shepard is great. And he is the best freshman in college basketball right now. But at the same time, the drop-off after Reed Shepard to me is is pretty large. Yeah, I'm trying to like go to a stats page right now and look up where guys are. There isn't a freshman in the top 25 scorers in the conference according to big10.com. Um like there there's not a there's not a freshman doing anything. Like there's no like defensive fr- even like in the summer Iowa we hear all this Brock Harding stuff. No, yeah. Nothing no no Brock Harding. It's just it's it's baffling honestly and maybe Maybe we get to a point towards Big Ten play where someone emerges. But right now, yet like Jonathan Blackwell is the Big Ten freshman of the year, which is crazy. Because I like Blackwell. I do. Don't get me wrong. But in a year where freshmen were supposed to step up, him being freshman of the year is insane. Well, and like I just felt like last year there were guys who weren't even like pedigree guys that were starters and mattered, right? Like Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer from day one. were like, Whoa, they got a freshman backcourt. That's insane. Connor Asijan like really came on strong throughout the season. And look at Connor Asijan. Now, like you don't need to be a great player 
to make an impact in this conference as a freshman. Um, I obviously don't need to like go in detail and he was a liability for a bunch of moments last year, but like Jed Howard came in scoring 20 a game immediately last year. Like there, there isn't one guy in the conference who can do that this year. And that's baffling to me. Um, like Jamie Kaiser was another one. Everybody was gassing up in the off season of how good he's going to be for Maryland. And he just, even, even like Gavin Griffiths has been somewhat of a letdown. <laughs> Griffiths is probably top four, top five in the conference this year. And that's, it, it's weird. Like the, the Ohio state guys are the most baffling to me because Holman has such a track record of success with breakout freshmen. And maybe it happens later in the season, but like Tyson Chapman is barely even playing. Uh, Middleton has been bad. Middleton and, was actually pretty good last game. Uh, this most recent game last night, he had three points in 16 minutes. With three oh, points. I was talking about Minnesota. Okay, yeah, he I, he's had moments, I guess. He is shooting 47 percent from the floor. I just uh, he has one double digit scoring game. It was their first game of the year? Does Scotty Middleton? He's been single digits every other game coming off the bench. Like I just I just don't get it. I don't understand. Um, and I think it's sad because there's all the jokes about the Big Ten Conference and the caliber of it. And uh, at least in the past couple of years, you could point to like, well, there's a lot of young talent in this league. Cart, there's no young talent in this league this year. <laughs> like, it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Very. Who's give me one freshman that we mentioned or didn't mention that you would bet on to by the end of the season be an impact guy, even though he's not right now. Scotty Middleton. Okay. So you're off the DHS train entirely? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think DHS stands a chance because of the structure and the coach of that team. Got it. Even okay. if he did want to switch it on. Okay. Um, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to stand by it being one of the Michigan State guys, either Jeremy Fears or Cohen Carr. I don't know how we're going to get there, but I think we're going to get there. You think it's going to be him? One of them. I don't know which one, either Fears or Carr. But I, I, yeah, I just think like at some point something's got to give, and somehow we're gonna get to a point where one of those guys is like a twenty-five to thirty minutes a night guy for Michigan State, and he's gonna make an impact. Um, needs needs to be given the opportunity, but I'm I'm sticking with that 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 will happen. And then let's wrap with this: Who is your pick to actually win Big Ten Freshman of the Year? Because like as good as Blackwell has been, there's no way he can win Big Ten Freshman of the Year, right? There's no way. I mean, I guess there's a way, but like he's not yeah. even he's not even a starter on Wisconsin. Yeah, but I think like I, I don't know his role might increase for all we know. Is that your pick? That's who you think wins Big Ten Freshman of the Year? No, I think I think actually Mbako ends up winning it. It's mine too. We yeah. both sound so sad saying that, though. I am very much so. <laughs> he has been really good in the last week. Yeah, he has. Better? You don't like the really good? He's been better. He's been really good for the last He's been really good there. Okay, fine. There. Keep winning games. Hey, they're on a 28-win pace right now, Cart. That's crazy. Also, they're not. I'm just making up. We're not a math podcast. That was was just a number. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big V. What is your one big thing today? Uh, my one big thing today is that if you want to put some decor into your basement, don't prop it up on an easel. Looks like a funeral. Yeah, don't do that. Got it. Um, I feel like I had a one big thing and I'm forgetting it now. 
I've I've really struggled to remember my one big things this week. I used to keep a notepad and I've stopped because I've gotten lazy. Hmm. Hmm. All right. My one big thing is that I'm in love with Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. I'm trying to do a hunt, do a feature. I'm like in love with her. Hey, the Lucania. Welcome. I like Dua Lipa. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in love with her. If you want to come That's the Sleepers Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.